Hey, you're drinking house coffee, unfiltered conversations brewed at the intersection of real estate life and coffee shop service. We're Maggie and Rich, local business owners and friends sharing stories and welcoming you to pull up a chair with us. The door's always open. Let us pour you a cup. I had to fire someone last week. No. <laughs> it was probably the hardest thing I've ever done. Fire is a strong <laughs> Fire is a strong word. Fire is a strong word. They really didn't like deserve to be fired, you know what I mean? It was not yeah. a this person sucks, like they're not working out, they don't vibe. like it wasn't a bad thing on their part. It was totally on us. It was like it was like it's like it's not you, it's me. Yeah. But storied edition. Yes. <laughs> uh for sure. I felt bad because I mean, you just, you know, nobody likes that. I had to do it on the phone. Oh man. Which, That's which the worst like, way of being broken up with. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, you know, I didn't text it. I did call. Mm-hmm. We did have a conversation. I would have done it in person, but I'm never there anymore, you know? Yeah. And that ultimately was the reason. Like that was the problem. So basically we had we have we're in a transitional time right now. And we got people mm-hmm. um Cass, who works for us and right now is our longest standing staff, she got a cool like new job, like a like a big you know big kid job, and that's you know gone back and forth for several months, and then it's finally like okay, start date is early October, so we knew we had to replace her and other things going on around the shop. just changed our hours and 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 whatever. So just transitional. We've been thinking about the staffing situation because we also have Heather. She's our newest person, but she works also at Visher Ferry. She's my first kind of like hybrid staff. She's a gem. <laughs> yeah, she's great. So anyway, then we had this other newer person reach out to us and she was a regular Emphasis on was. I'm sure we'll never see her again. <laughs> but she was a regular um, who just like liked the vibes and you know good personality, energetic, and uh, and had filled out our like online staff interest form that I have because I this is a pro tip. All right, I don't have like an application or anything, and and we're we're never hiring. You know, if you ask, are you hiring? The answer is no. But I do have on our website a staff interest form, which (laughs) is a very low-key Google form that you can fill out. And uh, it's just like, it's a questionnaire, okay? And basically, it's just collecting, it's running in the background, collecting people's information and interest and whatever. And so it's kind of like self-electing people who would be interested in working on a story. So it's a great way to collect potential people. And then when you are looking, when you are hiring <laughs> secretly, you have a database of, of people that you, can, mm-hmm. you can try to reach out to. So anyway, this person, she filled this out and then she emailed us to say, hey, I filled that out. Just wanted to make sure we went through okay, you know. So I'm like, all right, we got initiative. Yeah. You know, it's just good signs, good signs all around. So I'm like, all right, well, we've been thinking about it. Let me reach out, blah, blah, blah. So we put that all together. So <laughs> I... Am never at storied anymore because I work at Fisher Ferry, and she was not interested in doing both or just not able to do both. 
So like when Heather started, she started at Fisher Ferry with me for a whole week. Then she went over to, um, to Storied, plugged in. I mean, there's a lot more to learn at Storied, but because of the precision that we, we have over there. But anyway, long story short. <laughs> I Aww. underestimated. So, okay, that was, that was what I was going to say. The difference was Heather was a very experienced barista. And that's the reason I, I hired her was I was like, I don't see resumes like yours. Baristas with your skill level are literally imported from other states. And she is. She's from, yeah. North, she's from North Carolina. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, we got to get you in here. So <clears throat> I hired someone who had zero, zero yeah. negative food service experience. Okay. I've been in food service for 16 years. All of my jobs, from yep. my first job to my last job, has been food you have service. To start somewhere. Except for a little break in the middle where I did some ministry, you know. So yeah, that's exactly right. You got you have to start somewhere. So I was like, cool. We can always we can train anyone. You know what I mean? And the thing is, like, I've always been present to be part of the training. Yeah. Abby has never been the head person training. Other staff, you know, everyone learns from each other different things for sure. But what goes on is that story is. Abby's the every day. Abby's there every day, yeah. all day, running a tight ship, <laughs> and people need to be quick to learn, yeah, and kind of have a foundation that they're building on. So, like Heather, a little bit older, mm-hmm. barista experience, food service experience, like like very little. There was a lot you could take for granted with her. But with someone like the the this this other person I had hired, there was zero you could take for granted. And mm. I took for granted that reality. And then it just was like a situation where two weeks in, there was I saw the road ahead and it was long. <laughs> the yeah. road ahead to like getting them getting them trained to a level where like they could be a little more independent. Was just was just so far off in the horizon, and we didn't have we didn't have the resources to do, like Abby doesn't have that yeah ability or capacity. Let's call it a capacity. She could do it with enough time. Like we knew it could work with more time. We just don't have more time right now. We need someone we can literally plug in on some of our busiest days and like give a little instruction, and they can kind of like yeah intuit what to do in certain situations. Whatever this person was going to be like, just needing every single thing handed you know every single thing instructed and it's like we don't have that we don't have the mm-hmm. resources we don't have the capacity we don't I'm, have that infrastructure i'm proud of you for making that tough decision oh because i i i could just imagine how difficult it was for you because you you were the type of person who is like very sensitive to other people's feelings and so i'm sure that it was a it was a really tough conversation. It was gnarly. It was. I can just. <laughs> oh, like, she was not. You know, didn't expect that yeah. per se, and like. But better. I mean, it, yeah. It was, it was probably for the better. This like better to happen sooner. Yeah, that was that was my my thought was like uh, this. It was mm-hmm. like, I was like, this, this is, the, it was one of those things you just know it's the right yeah. move, you know, it's the worst move, but it's yeah. the right move. So 
Mm. I don't know what your takeaway is from that, but so like... So the takeaway from that is story <laughs> is hiring. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I mean, hey, we got a staff interest form. Staff interest, fill out the Check staff interest form. Check it out, storiedcoffee.com slash staff. <laughs> um, or it might be or slash contact. hiring. It might be slash hiring, oh, I'm not okay. sure. Um, yeah, obviously. Mm. So that's that's a wah, fun wah. little story for you. Um, we, I am talking... There are a couple names... From mm-hmm. that thing that are more recent that um, okay. people reached out. I, I've had three different people now apply who are, who both have food service experience or interest and book selling. What interest? And I'm like, oh man, this is that like that's an indicator that we're yeah on the right track. You know, we've got the uh, we've got the the people identifying story as a book place. Yeah, also as a as a coffee shop. Which yep. is exactly what we're we're moving toward. So that's cool. And I'm trying to get the the next person I'm trying to get in, I would like I'd love for them to have food service experience. Yeah. Which you know, check check on a couple of these people. And then also tap their like book mm-hmm. shop experience because, you know, we got all those books in there, but they gotta be organized. They gotta yeah. be like we gotta figure out how to market them and, and sell them and get them in front of people. And answer a question. Like, if you're somebody who likes to read, you know, you can talk about, like, if someone's like, oh, have you read this book yeah. before? They can maybe be like, no, I haven't, but I know that author or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that'd be great because I collect books, but I don't read them. Yeah, <laughs> and I listen to books. Exactly. But you probably have listened to more books than I have I don't know. read, if I had to guess, in life. So, anyway, that's a fun little thing. Bummer. Yeah. Well, it's probably it is probably for the better. So. It's for everyone's sake, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's for everyone's sake, and that's just it's 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 hurtful. Yeah, disappointing. Like I said, I, I texted Abby. I was like, I wouldn't expect to see her again. Mm. <laughs> you know, um, but anyway, it's so funny. I ran into my old boss at a local restaurant one time. Recently, very recently, I worked for a small startup um, in my early 20s and I was let go after six months and I was devastated, devastated. Like it was just, it was awful, but it was actually for the better. Yeah. Like if I'd stayed working at that company, it was a software development company. What would I have done in a software development company? Wouldn't have started a home staging business. Yeah, well. You know? But luckily, like, I w- I'm, I, we were very cordial. He actually bought me and Brandon a drink. It was really nice. And, um, but it's so funny because when he was having, he was having drinks with somebody else. I think he was like a local. Oh, you local. mean like recently, recently when you ran into him? Yes. He bought you guys drinks? Yes. That's nice. Yeah, like a month ago. Nice touch. And um, he was having drinks with someone I didn't recognize or dinner at the bar. And um, he he introduced me and Brandon and like we were like laughing and stuff. And um, he he said something like off the cuff, like, yeah, and then she, we were so horrible. She She decided to quit or whatever. And I wanted to be like, no, like you are totally changing this narrative. Like, you know, you let me go. Why just, why like try to save face in front of everybody yeah. that like 
I quit. Whereas like, that was definitely not the case. Yeah. But yeah. Anyways, that was just like, it's just, it was, it was like, you'll run into her and, and if, like the person you're talking about, you'll probably cross paths again and it might be awkward and whatever, whatever, but like, you know. Yeah. As long as like you're like cordial or whatever and like you can get past this and she's not the type of person to like, you know, leave a bad review <laughs> on your know, we'll Google. Probably not. She's she's super sweet, nice. Um, yeah. You know, and would have been, she had the energy level, like there's just so much that was good and it just was not a situation yeah. that we could... That was going to be tenable, wow. though, on, on our end. I'm sorry for your loss. Oh, thank you. What have you been listening what, to? I was just going to ask, <laughs> what have I been listening to? Okay, you beat, you beat me. Okay, I have been, I have two things. Um, have you heard, you probably have, but um, when you were a young lad, did you listen to Dashboard Confessional? Sure did. Okay. Still do. Really? Okay, cool. Wow. That's like the first time I've, we've, I think we've ever like, um, well, well it's like, it's very were, moody music. It's, yeah. It's, it's like a, the, some of the original, Yes, I don't know if it's the, some of the original emo, but it's early on. Like, yes. early, like, two, like the year 2000 was, yes. I yes. think one of his first records that yes. I had. So, um, I was scrolling on Instagram as one does and someone I follow had, um, hands down yeah. as like the background music. And I was like, it instantly <laughs> brought me back to a time and place in my life. And so I was like, I need to, I need to like listen to this yeah. to like just be done with it and get it out. And so for like a day, I was just listening to Dashboard Confessional and like That's great. in my car, like, like screaming infidelities and mm -hmm. like all the like, classics and then I started hearing some of like the um like crossover songs like he um they did a they did a crossover with Post Malone and I was like wow that's pretty cool anyways but so that's one thing that I've been listening to listening to and then the other thing Sick. I completely binged neglecting all of my responsibilities for the day just to finish this podcast I literally binged it in one whole day and I am not sorry about it it's um, called Scamanda and it's, you can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Highly recommend. It was like, I was on the edge of my seat and like finding myself like, like bopping my head to the theme music and wow. being like, oh, I want to listen to the next episode. Um, with, I mean, without giving too much away, the podcast is about this young woman who is diagnosed with cancer and um, like starts blogging about it and something about her diagnosis isn't adding up and like people start looking into it and it's um you just got to listen to it to hear this scamanda scamanda yeah wow. her name is her name is amanda um amanda c riley and um, I feel like I've heard that name now that you say it. No, she was in the news. Yeah, it was it was a big story when it broke. She yeah. So, cool. anywho, yeah, that sounds find it, listen so to it, please. 
if you listen to it, please email us <laughs> or email me at housecoffeepodcast at gmail and just let's, because so many people have DM'd me about it and I'm like, I, I just want to- Because you've been posting about yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> it's so, so good. Who put, who put it out? Um, um, I want to say like novel, but I'm not sure. It's, it's, don't quote me on that. It's, it was a produced, very, very well yeah, produced. series. And how many? With audio, like her own audio. And then they have voice actors who are actually, who are actually reading past blog posts of hers, which, which is so crazy because what ended up being her downfall was all these blog posts that she posted. Yeah. Which anyways is nutty. About how many episodes? Nine. All right. That's manageable. <clears throat> Very manageable. I see how you can do that in a day. Yeah. Are they like an hour long? Longer? Some of them are, they're between like 30 and 60 minutes long. Okay. Chewable. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, I think I finished it in like seven or eight hours. It was <laughs> I like the last at the last 20 minutes of the last episode, I sat in my car in my driveway listening to it because I like I didn't want to stop and right. get out of my car. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> cool. I mean, it's cool to have things that are engrossing like that. You yeah. Know? Yeah. What have you been listening to, Rich? I recently listened to Upon the recommendation of a friend, the 200th episode of A Beautiful Mess. Do you know? Tell me more. Are you familiar with that podcast? <laughs> it's like only my favorite podcast ever. Wait, were you the friend that recommended it to me? Possibly. <laughs> Just kidding. So many of your friends you were. <laughs> listened to that. So it was like, you. you probably were recommended multiple times. And that was cool because we just did our 20th yep. retrospective and they did their 200th retrospective. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of like comparing notes yep. with them on that. Obviously, they have an extremely well-established podcast and... Following. I mean, I looked at Elsie's account just because I follow her and it popped up on Instagram right after I listened to that. So I was like... And then I noticed she got like 454,000 followers just on her own, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I was just thinking about the scale of things, you know, talk about the scale. And like the way they do their podcast made me think a little bit because it's like this is how people with with a... strong with a robust community around a podcast might yep. do it you know and it felt like the kind of thing that that there's probably a lot of give and take on with their listeners based on the different solicitations they make and things that they talk about and also the things that they do that they reference so like um segments or whatever you want to call them just at, Elements of their podcast that yeah. seem to be like a re, like on a repeat thing, repeat basis. Like they talk about their comfort rewatches yep. and mm-hmm. they do like a book club and stuff too, right? Yep. So there's just like things that are built into the life of the cycle of their their episodes or their seasons or whatever that had me reflecting on like mm-hmm. the way these things can kind of take shape over time. And I mean, 200, are they weekly? Yeah, maybe they've taken breaks weekly. or whatever along the way. But. In the past, they have taken like summer breaks, but I don't believe they plan on taking like long breaks going forward. Got it. Because I think it kills their momentum. Yeah, I mean, but, <laughs> if we, I feel that we know that. Um, yeah, so that was, that was. They also batch record. They're very um, okay. f- um, open about that. 
They yeah. batch record. They record probably two to three episodes in one sitting. So they probably have a like a set recording day. Right. So, I mean, it's what, end of September right now. They probably have all of their recordings up until Halloween already done. Yeah. If I had to guess. Which, Which is, is... Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> Which is smart because you have to... It's it's part of their career. It's part yes. of their like that's their job. Yes, their job is to make content and curate this community or facilitate this community. And having a podcast on a right. weekly basis is 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 part of that. So when your whole life revolves around certain things, you just build your life around them. Yeah, you know so that makes that makes sense. That makes sense. It's also efficient. <laughs> the reason I sent it to you is because. I really liked how they pointed out the differences between like how they communicate to people on their Instagram feed and on their blog versus the podcast. Yeah. And it, remi- it, it reminded, it like really inspired me. And it, it kind of reiterated that you and I are on the right track with House Coffee because I feel like this is a way for us to get more personal with our audience and share things on the podcast that we are not going to share on our Instagram or like, website or yeah. whatever. And so I I was like, wow, okay. So that is kind of the right, this long form podcasting or influencing whatever space is a lot, is like feels comfortable for me as opposed to being on the feed all day, every day. Right. Yeah. That 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 is a good distinction. And that makes sense. And they kind of do the same thing, right? Like they each have their own respective brand around mm-hmm. their personalities. Yes. And then they have the beautiful mess brand. Right. Which which lends itself to the podcast. And we kind of are like, we kind of do the same thing. Yeah. We each have our own brands. And then this is the place where those brands speak their minds. Exactly. <laughs> and the people behind them show their faces. Sure. Preferably. Yes. Yes, totally. <laughs> so that's a good point. Yeah. And you know, I, I think it was good to hear, I think it was Elsie talking about like on Instagram, she, she has to be a, a little more fake. You know, you have to be a little more yeah. fake on Instagram or like, the, cause you have, to, or, in, or even in writing, you just can't help but edit that as you go. Yeah. Or like you learn the hard way you need to edit it based on poor, not poor feedback, but like mean feedback yeah. or whatever. But on the on the mic, you can just because the tone it. of voice is different when you're speaking something, right? As opposed to writing something. Yeah, that was she made that point. So that's yeah. cool. That was insightful. Thanks for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so shout talking? out to yeah. uh, Beautiful Mess for 200 yeah. episodes. Congrats, guys. Yeah, we'll get there one day because we know you're listening to our <laughs> podcast. <so laughs> yeah. You're gonna receive that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Well, today we're going to hear from you, Maggie. Yeah, I can't wait. We have an intriguing question. Yes. We're going to talk some staging stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm here for it. Um. Yeah, and you know what? It's cool because I, I do a lot of talking on this mic in my in my estimation. So um, to stage or not to stage? That is the question. You... Stage houses. Yes. Which you, we've talked about in the past. Yep. How you got into that, what that kind of means. Quick, briefest, briefest recap of okay. what it is you do. Good. Okay. <laughs> so 
I have a real estate business where I buy and sell houses for with my clients. And I also have a separate staging business called Welcome Home Co. And Welcome Home Co. is custom tailored staging to help you with selling your home to make it feel lived in and loved. And that is something that I've been kind of doing. I looked back, probably real, real, like actual full on staging since 2018. And it's like, I'm finally owning it. And and I, I made the distinction actually recently because I was at an estate sale and um, I was talking, you know, I, in the past, I had when I would talk to people about staging, I would say, oh, I do staging. And I would just kind of say like, oh, I do staging, I do staging. And it never dawned on me until someone was like, oh, um, who do you work for? Who do you do? Who do you do? Who's, who's the company? What's the company you work for? And I was like, myself. And they're like, oh, you, you have the business. You're, you own a staging business. And I was like, and so like that distinction was so important for me to realize because now when I talk to people about it, instead of saying, I do staging, I'm like, I own a staging business, which is totally different. Yeah. And it comes out totally different then I do staging. And it's like kind of feels (laughs) like I almost didn't want to like take ownership of it. Mm -hmm. But now very proudly, I'm like, I own a staging business and I'm buying this for my, my inventory. Yeah. That's cool. Well, thanks. Shout out to that. Yeah. It was just just like, in that conversation. It's just crazy how like that little tweak in the language. I know sometimes things just click in a way when somebody puts it in a different Mm -hmm. Puts a spin on it, you know? Right. Well, okay, that's that's super cool. And you can hear more about Maggie's journey into staging in previous episodes. Yes. <laughs> uh, so what we were, we were kind of like, we were asking ourselves brainstorming topics and things. And we thought about when you might stage versus when you might not stage. And the question was, is it better to stage a, a house with quote unquote crappy furniture? And I'll leave it to you to define mm-hmm. <laughs> the threshold on that. But is it better to stage a house with crappy furniture than to not stage it at all? That is a great question. Um, so this is an actual question that was asked. And I've been thinking about it a little bit more since I answered it to that person. And um, it was actually my brother who asked me. And I have been thinking about it a little bit more. And it, I, the, I gave him a short answer, but I wanted to maybe elaborate that in a little bit more because to stage a home... so. If if the question you're kind of already assuming that if that this house is empty, so well, why would say more about that a little bit? Um, well, is that, that because was, staging typically is like staging is like when when the house is up for sale, 
Yes. And it's presumed to be... Is it true that in most cases, in the most house is going to be empty yeah. when staging services yes. are... Yes. 90% of the applied. time, I'm staging a vacant house. So that person... 90% of the time. Okay. Uh, that's my experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other staging companies may be different, but most of the time people want staging because it enhances the look of a house in photographs and it helps the experience when you're in person. Staging a house is important because in the main living areas and bedrooms, it's helpful to get a good concept of what can fit in the space. Yeah. So if you walk into an empty living room, it's tough to tell, oh, well, will my sectional sofa fit here or will my desk fit here? And especially in bedrooms, at minimum, bedrooms are very important to stage because people think in the context of the size of their bed. <clears throat> so mo like most couples who are buying a house together, they'll be they'll like if they walk into an empty room, they'll be like, hmm, would a king size bed fit in here? Or would a queen size bed fit in here? And so when I stage houses, I actually label the size beds I use so that people can see like, this is a king size bed because then they can compare it to what they have at home and if it will fit in the space. So at, at the very minimum, it's important to have bedrooms staged because people are always, buyers especially, they want to know if their bed will fit. Everything else you can kind of leave up to the imagination, but it's 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 still important to, to have at least the basics. Now, staging a house, like let's say um, you're going to sell, a, you have a house to sell and you have like really beat up furniture. Like, I don't know, you have pets or kids or you smoke, you know, yeah. all those different factors come into place. Um, I, I would, so to stage a house with crappy furniture or to stage it empty. In this specific case, I would leave, I would get all the furniture out of the house. It is better to leave a house empty with no furniture than to stage it with crappy furniture. And the reason is perception is everything. If if you have crappy furniture that's beat up, that has stains on it, that has um, like smell, that kind of has odors from like your kids or your pets or smoking or whatever, that's all people are going to see. They're just going to notice the bad furniture you have that's ripped up or torn or, or worse. And it completely takes away from what you're actually selling, which is the house. Furniture, like staging furniture is supposed to enhance the space. In fact, when I stage with Joe, oftentimes we will have a, not a debate, but we'll, we'll go back and forth of whether or not we want to put something on the wall or leave the wall blank or put a pillow on the sofa because you're not supposed to notice the furniture in photos. That's that's my philosophy when sure. I'm staging. I don't want people to really notice the furniture. I want people, my job, I'm hired to sell the, help sell the house. So if the furniture is a distraction, 
I I think this the case is the same as like, should you use elaborate, sparkly, um, amazingly like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like expensive furniture or leave it empty. And I would probably, I, I think I have the same answer for that. Like if it's a distraction from what you're trying to sell, which is the house, then leave it out. And I don't know, put painter's tape on the floor in, in the shape of a bed or a sofa. <laughs> I honestly feel have like that. Have you that's, seen that done? No, do but... That? Maybe potential buyers. But I mean, that's what I do sometimes Pro-tip. when I'm measuring for furniture. Was, I'll just like write, like measure out the dimensions and then put painter's tape on the floor. Yeah. I do that when I'm hanging stuff on the walls too. <laughs> sometimes, like some, not all the time. But I feel like it's better to do that than to put excessive furniture or worse, like terrible furniture in a space. Got it. Um, Well, there's your hot take, people. Yeah, that's my hot take. (laughs) And the solution, so you might be thinking like, Maggie, you just, you stayed homes. Like, why would you want to, you just spent the first, you know, few minutes just talking about the importance of staging. And my solution to that is if, if you're selling a home and all you have is beat up furniture, Rather, I mean, you can, you can hire someone like me and I will come and stage the home. You could go out and curate and get your own furniture and stage. But more than likely, people who are selling a house, they don't want to have to deal with that hassle. So there are programs out there online that will virtually stage a photo for you. So you can still go forward and take the photographs or hire the photographer to take your take the photographs. And you can send the photographs to a company like Box Brownie and companies like Box Brownie, not sponsored, but hey, if you want to, you know, just kidding. <laughs> I was literally thinking the same no. they will, They will Photoshop photos, I mean, furniture into the photos and and it's like a cost per photo. So if you have a bedroom or a living room or whatever, you can have them virtually staged with photographs in in my market in the capital region upstate new york if you virtually stage a photo you have to include the vacant photo as well in the listing photos and you have to say in the photo that it's been virtually staged so but i think that's better than doing nothing at all that's cool did you say that was a a requirement in new york to have those, uh, um, I don't know if it's a state photos? requirement. Just- it's a requirement in my multiple listing service, like my um, area. Like when we list photos online, if it's been virtually staged, we have to disclose that in the photo, like a little mark, like this has been virtually staged. Got it. And then we have to show the photo of the same room, but empty. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I mean, fair enough. That makes sense. How common is virtual staging? Do you find? Uh, it's pretty. Do most people opt for that if they're not going to do something like people opt for you? that because it's quicker. Totally. Um, but it's to me, it's it's. I don't find it to be the the best solution. Um, I've seen house. I've seen photos that were virtually staged where they painted the walls. 
in like, the photo. In the photo. So like, <laughs> let's say the photos in person were like a very ugly color. Yeah. They'll virtually stage it with a new paint color to show like, this is what the space could look like. In, just go the whole in, way. Yeah, they'll go the whole way with it, which is why you have to do both. You have to show what the space actually is. You can't doctor a photo to be what it's not. Sure. Because we're not trying, they don't want you to like hide flaws. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's like, I mean, same thing. You, you, you know, you, you want people to know what you're selling. Right. Yes. Like we said before. Also, if a house is staged with crappy furniture and the house itself is actually in pretty decent shape, it takes away from the workmanship and the like actual cool features of the house. I mean, the whole point is to sell the house. And so if it's just if you're distracted by the crappy furniture or the over-the-top furniture, that's all people are gonna see in the photos. They're not gonna see the house or the the tile on the floor or the backsplash or the kitchen cabinets or the features that you're trying to highlight about the home. Sure. Yeah. And if the house is occupied by someone and they want me to stage, sometimes I'll be, I'll like, I'll, I, I helped stage a home once where they still lived there, but they were very minimal. And they were willing to remove a couple pieces and like put them in the garage. And like, I replaced them with something that I had. Sure. So it was like kind of like a modular staging. <laughs> I don't know if modular is the right word. It's but hybrid. Like, hybrid, thank you. It was like hybrid staging. So they had enough good stuff that fit they, in this mm-hmm. fit well with the space but they still had room to work with you yes on like to collaborate with you yes they had some a lot of good core pieces that's cool that I was able to that's handy fit in the space Wait, is every job different in terms of like it's obviously in terms of design but in turn, do you kind of like estimate a job are you like a contractor you go in you're like alright it's going to be this work this amount of time do you have like your like a rubric mm-hmm. uh, for how to price a job? Oh, I have a spreadsheet. <laughs> Amazing! You want to tell us about that? You don't have to necessarily. Yeah. Tell us what you want to tell us. Well, about that I I want to make sure that I'm I'm charging proportionally for larger houses versus like the smaller houses, and so I've come up with. A, a, I've come up with rates, like what I charge per hour um, plus like the rental fees. So staging typically works with like you have your staging fee and then you have your rental fee for the furniture. So I have to decide, you know, usually mo- I re- like I get the furniture, I rent, I quote unquote rent the furniture to people for about a month at a time. And that's that's a, an agreed upon rate like before I even step foot into the house and set a piece of furniture down. And I figure out by walking through the space how much time it, I kind of estimate in my head like how much I think how much time I think it's gonna take me and Joe. And 
that's how I come up with the estimates based upon the numbers I plug into the spreadsheet. And I'm, most of the time, I'm I'm sure you do this too, I totally underestimate how much time it's going to take me. <laughs> I think it's only going to take me eight hours and it takes me 15. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So I'm trying to get better about like, okay, if I think it's going to take me eight hours, it's probably going to take me 12. Right. That's, yeah. I mean, I, I do I do that myself. And, and that's li- like my labor and Joe's labor. So it's like, uh, we're not there yeah. for 12 hours a day, but it's like 12 hours of labor, which right. is like six hours of my time, six hours of Joe's time Yeah. in the same day. That's yeah, 12 hours that's of labor. Yeah, that's something out of experience, I guess you, f- you figure out, you know. I mean, in one sense, the nice thing is once you estimate a job, right? Yeah. Then if that's if you're saying, okay, this is my contract price, like Yeah. Then you can take longer. It's on you if you take longer. Right. You know, so right. it's not like they're gonna be charged more if right. you no. take longer. No. So in that sense, uh, you know, I but that yeah, so that's that gets into how you want yeah. how you, how you need to run a business. It's yeah. like my time is valuable. I need to yep. make sure I do this more efficiently. Um, but then charging fairly. Yes. That's yeah, I don't know. Something you'll which is what I'm which, sure get better. Which at. is what comes with ex- my experience, right? Yeah, so like yeah, yeah. the houses I was staging a couple years ago are probably half of what I charge now. Yeah. Because of my experience and how much I would I charged back then versus what I charge now. What is the difference? I'm sure there's many actually. So talk to me about the difference between differences between your work, your job and like an interior designer. Okay. Because there's, I think there's going to be similarities and differences in one sense. Like in other words, I presume that you have, a bit of a there's a bit of an interior design component here yes so principles from that and I'm not like I, I don't know anything about interior design either yep. but that's a, that's a layer of what the work you do but yep. it's also very different and there's probably more flexibility around things so sure uh, that's something I've been curious about so I want to make a distinction because I think it's a very common misconception, like the term, and I'm sure you thought this too, the term interior designer is actually a qualification, like a designation that you receive after like college education and um, intense um, internship with another designer or architect apprenticeship that's the word I'm looking for like where you like you're an apprentice to another designer or an architect and you receive like an actual um, like license of design wow so Dude, I am how many people know that I that's why I'm bringing this up that's because a, I wanted to insight. make that distinction because I am not an interior designer because I haven't gone through that schooling or apprenticeship and I don't have that designation um, if you want somebody who is that person check out Lee Owens she's a local interior designer she's amazing and um, she's opening up her own firm 
in the Schenectady area. And I want to shout her out because she's just an all around amazing person. We met at Pottery Barn, like so many of my friends, my local like decor friends, but she's an actual designer and um, she's amazing. If you want to like, I not to like plug my old podcast because I don't, I'm not even like on it anymore, but I did interview her. Um, my old podcast, which working was called lunch. Working Lunch. Yes. Super cool, dude. So, and I, I wanted to, to make that distinction because I don't want to take credit. I don't want to be like credited for a um, a designation that I'm not. Yeah. So well, that's, uh, that makes, I mean, sure. Why would you? But who who knew? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how commonly known that is now that you say it mm-hmm. that way. It's like, you don't think about, oh, interior designer. Like, yes. That's you don't think about that. Yes, I don't think about that mm-hmm. on the level of architect. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't realize I had to go to school, yeah. get a certification, apprentice, and learn that trade yep. according to these principles, so that I can open a firm. Yeah, because as <laughs> a designer, a around it. you have to understand the complexities of like homes. If you are like removing walls and putting in structure, structural designs. Like a lot of people will hire a designer to help them with an addition on their house or a renovation. And a designer needs to know what a load bearing wall is and how to like do that. Cause they work in, in partnership with their, with the architect. So usually if you're hiring a designer, you're making a big change in the house. I think, and most people think of designer and decorator is a synonymous word. Whereas like, I would probably categorize myself as a decorator. Okay. Because I bring in furniture. I'm not removing walls. I'm not adding things like structurally to a home. So that's that's a good distinction for me with Mm -hmm. uh, thinking about it. Because yes, I didn't really, I never thought about an interior designer when I when I say those words or I think about that person and imagine it in my head, I'm I'm seeing someone who's doing what you're talking about, decorating. Yes, they're, they're moving, they're installing moving furniture. They're mm-hmm. like planning a space, but I didn't think that person was going to be saying, "Let's take this wall out." Like right. that's a whole right. other level of yes. things. So so you're saying a decorator yes. would be a better word for for what I do, what you do, yes. and, and the kind of person I was imagining. Yes when a real interior designer is more of a <laughs> more of an architect yeah. of a space. Yes. That's Yes. You learned me something today. They're n- not necessarily an architect. They they just they but I believe and please correct me if I'm wrong. I believe if you are going to be considered a designer, interior designer, you have to study and do an apprenticeship with an architect. So you have that, so it's part of the designation. So you have the understanding of the um, structural components of building a house. Yeah, no, it makes total sense. So so that's great. That, that's not me. That's an answer. That's that's a huge part of the answer to my question. <laughs> so, okay, put you in the category of decorator. Yeah, decorator. More so. And, um, so that's cool. So the difference between staging, what I do, staging and decorating is... Decorating, I would like an interior decorator is somebody who does more permanent things, like somebody who's looking to refresh their space and maybe like repaint their walls and or um, rearrange their furniture or help with like 
the feng shui, so to speak, <laughs> of their space. And staging is more temporary. So I come, I ba- I really just come in, decorate for a month, and then come back and empty the house. Yeah, because it's just for a, a short period of time. And th- what I do is to help a house sell. And what's really awesome is I've been told by other agents of houses I've staged. In fact, oh my gosh, I don't know if I've told you this, but I recently just met someone who bought a house I staged. Did I tell you this? No. So I, it, the, and the only reason I got to meet this person is because their agent is in the same firm as me at Gabler Realty. So a house I staged, Joe and I staged it. Um, I ended up crossing paths with this, the person who bought this house. And um, it was at a, like a Gabler event. And Gabler Realty is the company I work for, mm-hmm. Clarivy. Um, and she, like when I met her, she's like, oh my gosh, you staged the house I bought. And I'm like, what? She's like, oh my God, I loved this and that. And I wanted to this. And she just like started just like gushing over how the staging helped her want to buy the house. And I was like, just, it just, I don't know, that moment, it was just such a moment where I was like, wow, like I freaking love what I do. Because it is just, it, it was such a good feeling to hear from the person who now lives in that house is saying like, what I did to the space helped her fall in love with the house. And then she's asking me like, where did I get my chairs? Where did I get this? Where did I get that? And it was just, it was just a really cool feeling. And I'm like, this is why I love what I do. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. <laughs> Congrats. Thanks. Yeah, it was, it was a cool feeling. Do you ever find, now I can imagine that like homeowners, you know, they're hiring you to, to take care of business. You yes. know, they don't want to have to think about yes. the whole, or the beauty of it is like, they don't have to think about right. what their house is going to look like. Right. Um, but do you, have you ever found anyone who like has suggestions or wants to, other than if they're using their own furniture, um, they like well, Happen no, for you. <laughs> no, because m- most of the Maybe time, you probably wouldn't want it. But I'm hi- the agent. It's the listing agent who hires me. I'm rarely hired by the homeowner unless oh, okay. they're my client, unless I'm the one listing their home for sure. sale. So I I have had my own clients whose house I'm selling where they still live in the home, and actually I did I did stage a house recently for another agent, and it was a. Um, a single guy who's had four children, like teenagers, like ranging from like er, like college age to like, I don't know, middle school. And it was a really big house and I had to do like a hybrid version. And um, I actually had to, I, so I staged his bedroom and I was like, listen, Take up like I can, and like this, you know, you kind of get a feel for people's personalities and what they're like. Yeah. And like, I felt like I could like bring him up to his bedroom and be like, okay, take a picture of this bed. Like, this is what I've done to the, cause like he's living and sleeping in his bed. And like, I don't want him like, 
sleeping on my pillows and my comforter. Uh. <laughs> and, no, and I don't think he does either, yeah. right? And so I'm like, you know, I'm staging your bed right now. And there's like pillows and like like a bunch of stuff. And like, do me a favor, take out your phone, take a photo of the bed. And then like, when you go to sleep tonight, you know, you're going to remove all these things and you're going to like put them away on the side over here. When you have a showing for your house, take out your phone, look at this photo <laughs> and do exactly this. Wow. Like put the pillows here, put the blanket here, put the, you know, this is what you have to do. And he's like, oh, okay, okay. Because it wasn't just like, oh, I'm, I made the bed and, and walk away. Like if I do that on an empty house, I can trust that no one's going to mess around with it. Yeah. But if somebody's actually still using that bedroom and sleeping in that bed, like, and there's a comforter and a blanket and throw pillows and regular pillows and all this other zhuzhing that needs to happen. I want to, I still want it to look like the photos because right. I have no control of that once, yeah. once I leave the house once, and I close the door. That's an interesting dynamic. <laughs> it is an interesting dynamic. We're truly collaborative. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that answers your question or not. Uh, yeah. I mean, in a lot of ways. So I think, okay. So interior <laughs> designer, um, Great job, guys. Way to get those certifications. Yes. <laughs> Interior decorator. Yep. Totally different person. And you're more in that category. But yes. The, uh, but a huge distinction is obviously that your stuff is, you're choosing, you know, it, does, it almost doesn't matter what the homeowner thinks about the way it looks because you're just trying to sell this yes. place. And, yes. And then the things you're doing are... They're not permanent, obviously. Right. So the choices are, there's just a lot more flexibility, I'm sure. Right. And an interior decorator would be someone who would, I mean, I don't know how much, do, do you, have you studied that person's job at all? Like That's like, essentially what I did when I was at Pottery Barn. Okay, right. My job at Pottery Barn was actually called Design studio specialist. Oh. That's what they're called at Pottery Barn, which is confusing because the word design is in it, but they don't say you're the Pottery Barn designers. They say you're a design studio specialist. Yeah. And what I did as a design studio specialist was help people decorate using Pottery Barn furniture. Yeah. 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 Um, cool. Well, yeah. And cool. yes, I made President's Club. <laughs> Say that again. I said, and yes, I made President's Club. What is what does that mean? It's just like you sell a certain. You have like a. Certain is that another? Uh, is that another Pottery Barn shout out? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Word shout out to the Pottery Barn customers of the world. <laughs> uh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Well, that's 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 pretty insightful. Is there anything we didn't touch on? Uh, I I don't think so. I think that. The takeaways for staging is if you if you have a house to sell, then you don't have to do it alone. You can, you know, look for inspiration online. There's lots of other staging companies who stage places where you can get inspiration from, but don't stage with crappy furniture. It's better to put that stuff to the curb and get it out of the house. And if you don't have access to a stager or or like furniture that you could use temporarily, 
do a virtual stage with a service like Box Brownie or leave the house blank because there's nothing worse than go, having going into a house and it being like not what you expected for the buyer. It's, there's nothing worse for a buyer to go into a house and have what their perception of the house is going to be and then the reality of what that house is going to be when they get there. So you want to make sure you, you get as close to that as possible. Good, you know, you don't want it. They're going to have an expectation in their mind. Most buyers think, look at photos and be like, wow, the house is amazing. I want to mm-hmm. look at it. And then they get there and then they're like, oh, it's not as good as the photos. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't want that. Yeah, true. Uh, and, you know, the, I, I I guess I'm not surprised by the, by by your answer that uh, it's better to be blank mm-hmm. than yeah. crappy. But like, it's, yeah. That's Which seems counterintuitive. Counter- yeah, exactly, exactly. Because it's Jinx. like, <laughs> got me. Um, yeah, right. It's, it's, it does, it seems counterintuitive because you want to say like, uh, I'm just being a perfectionist or I'm, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's better to look lived in or whatever. Mm-hmm. We, you know, there's, I'm sure there's all these reasons yeah. and excuses, but. Obviously, it's hire me point. to stage the house. That's number one. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. I mean, I <laughs> personally, I, I that's obviously, obviously, I know that answer. Uh, super cool. All right. Well, um, if you're looking for inspiration on how to stage your home, you can check out Zillow Gone Wild. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, something I recently discovered. You recently discovered Zillow Gone Wild like 30 minutes ago. Yeah, and Maggie <laughs> was very shocked that I don't follow. Um, Oh my gosh! It Zillow is it is amazing, wild, but uh, it's it's insightful. Mm-hmm. So check that out. Or <laughs> if somebody has specific staging questions or design question or decor questions, I should say. Yeah, book Just, a free consultation. I was gonna say, <laughs> like you can DM me. Um, my Instagram is Maggie from, or you can just email House Coffee Podcast at Gmail, and we could talk about it here on the podcast if it's a, you know. More specific question than yeah, true. You Do you have free consultations on um, the phone? On the phone, on the phone. I'm sure if someone yeah reached out and was like, "Hey, can we chat?" Sure yeah, yeah, I had one on yesterday. Phone, but. Yeah, but I don't give someone. I won't give someone a price unless I see the house first. Yeah, yeah, that's that makes sense. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, I think that was all my questions and those are good questions points. That we had about that, so it's cool hearing from you. It's, you know, that's a big part of your business. Um, what uh, what's on the docket for next week? Um, we should talk about some coffee questions next week. Okay, what do you think? Maybe, maybe. I'm also interested in having a conversation about, um, like, we've been talking about th- th- thrifting. Yes, and oh, how don't get me going now, Rich. We've been talking about how how thrifting is kind. Of, I I don't want to say it's coming. It's a it's making a comeback. I don't think it's ever gone anywhere. But I do think there's like this movement mm-hmm. out there that's like it's trendy. Let's thrift. Let's repurpose. Let's come up-cycle. thrift with me. Yeah. Let's round them up. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the the vintage roundup. Yes, and then like even vintage and stuff. And that's you know. I've never considered myself super into vintage, but I found, you know, redecorating story recently that like that was kind of what we leaned into a little bit. And uh, and so all that kind of stuff, like bringing, a, bringing old things back to life and stuff mm-hmm. like that versus buying new 
And I mean, that could even pertain to houses, like, like not to say fixer upper, but like re choosing an old house and making it work and come back to life versus buying something new and, and, yes. and put together, you know? And there's definitely a difference between investment property right. and fixer upper and like an old house that just needs a new, needs a new lease on life. So I think all those kinds of things um, would be cool to chat about Yeah, in line with the recent experience you had that we can, yeah. we can talk about Yeah, I would love too. to continue this conversation. I could talk about this for hours and hours. Sick. So I hope, I hope we get more questions of like home related and staging related and thrifting related so that we can talk about them next week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hit us with those thoughts. If you got any questions, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, you know the channels, but. Mm-hmm. House Coffee email. Podcast <laughs> at Gmail. Yeah, totally. And Instagram DMs. Yep. All right, y'all. Thanks for That's tuning for in today. this week. Good hearing from you. Hearing, good talking to you. Yeah. Hearing from you. Yeah. We did get an email recently. It was, it was good to hear from yeah. Kurt. Hey, Kurt. Um, among others. So, all right. Later. Bye.